0: Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the epic Watch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you like the podcast, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're enjoying the ramped up volume here on the public feed, uh, please give the podcast a five-star rating and a review, especially if you're listening in Apple Podcasts. It helps us a ton. It draws other listeners to the pod. And it's, ba- it's basically why we're doing this. <laughs> we're doing it so we can get more likes and more ratings and more reviews in Apple Podcasts. So if you want us to keep doing this, you can give us reason to keep doing it by um, going in there, giving us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. If you really want to support the podcast and really want to support Watch, what you can always do is go to rosterwatch.com and get a pro membership. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee, and you will get multiple podcasts every week, bonus podcasts from myself, from Byron, from other special guests that will be ramping up with a bunch of awesome premium content that we're going to be really excited to roll out starting at the Senior Bowl, where we have a um, more exciting uh, initiative than ever ongoing this year to bring you intel and... uh, Player evaluation metrics like you've never seen before have never been available to anybody ever before. So get on that. Go to rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership. If if you you know if you're just that hard up for the cash or you don't want to support us in that way or whatever, please just go give us a five star rating and a review in iTunes if you like the pod and you want us to keep it up with the same volume. With that being said, Byron, what the hell's going on, man?
1: Man, just staying busy. Just ready to do a little continuation of this dynasty talk, man. Got a. I've okay. actually got a lot of interesting guys I want to throw out there today as we start to kind of try to get a head start on the competition our dynasty leagues get in early on some of these uh, potential you know value buys you know some of these guys we might not be interested in I'll be curious to see what you say
0: well I just I can't believe it it's all, like I, I, I just yesterday had to start putting the skeleton together the very early skeleton but the skeleton nonetheless of the best ball cheat sheet <laughs> it's like because after this like after the senior bowl mfl 10s are going to go live over there on fanball you know and we're like we're just going to have to be ready to just ready to go with it and i figure if we didn't have any kind of prototype or anything like that we could just sort of build on right from the beginning um you know we, we'd be behind the eight ball you know, that we don't ever want that to be the case so yeah, man, never too early to start talking. <laughs> never too early to start talking about this stuff, whether it's for dynasty, whether it's for redraft or best ball. So, let's get into it.
1: We were just down to the skeleton of that Alaskan salmon a few weeks ago, man. But I guess we rise <laughs> rise like the phoenix at roster watch, man. The the wow. new year, the winter sol, the passing of the winter solstice is all a symbol and representation of rebirth in this world. So,
0: did you, uh, did, did, you did did you take part in any pagan festivities?
1: I thought about him, but I didn't really participate, man.
0: <laughs> you know, on the Meat Eater podcast, um, uh, Steve Steve right hand man. You know, uh, Yanni, Giannis Patellas.
1: Boy, I always thought that was a Greek name. Just listening to it, but I looked it up. It's spelled more in like a in like a it's Swedish way, Lithuanian, or something. okay, or
0: no, no, no. I'm sorry, Latvian. Okay, He's the Latvian eagle. Okay, yeah. But That's so right. anyway, his 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 family, they. Um, they do this stuff, like, like they do winter solstice celebrations, you know, for like as part of their holiday fun. Like they have Christmas and stuff like that, but they do the winter solstice thing. And some of the, um, some of the traditions that they have are, are <laughs> I mean, they're so awesome. Like there's this one part where you got to go down to like, like the, you, you build this big fire and you go down there and you like you sing songs on your way down to the fire. And down at the fire, there's this, there's this log and a, um, and there's like a, a big, like um, a wooden, like, you know, just like a big piece of kind of wood, you know, like a big circular piece of wood, and you can take the axe out there, and what you're supposed to do is everybody takes turns, and they go out, and they, like, nick little pieces out of the wood with the axe, and as they're doing it, you have to vocalize, like, the things in your life from the past year that you want to take out whether like your personal life or you know stresses or anything like this and like as you're as you're you know vocalizing what these issues are you're having to take it out of the um, the like the chopping block sort of piece of wood just in front of everybody and there's it has to be an awkward thing you know uh, airing your grievances in front of everybody like that in such a such a uh, kind of you know primal way it's just a woolly you know. Wooly things that people have done going back a long ways on this winter solstice, but it, it does. It, it feels like a, it feels like a new start for sure. And yeah, I'm just I'm just glad that my that this that my fantasy football salmon just flopped over onto the side of the, uh, onto the side of the creek. I was eaten by a brown bear, and now I have been um,
1: returned to the earth,
0: redispersed. Yeah, <laughs> returned to the earth and coming up in the form of some kind of flower. So
1: yeah. Well, it's it it's yeah we. This could go down an entire rabbit hole. Did you see the video of these Bulgarian Orthodox Christians that get in the freezing cold, ice-covered river? For their no. for their New Year celebration, my God, man, that's It's, uh, <laughs> it's, really,
0: <laughs> it's real. It's like where is Bulgaria? Is that Eastern yeah, Eastern I think, Europe? I think it's
1: kind of, I it's wouldn't be shocked. If it's not too areas, far from Latvia. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think it's all the same kind of area, man. They get they get woolly on the winter. You, solstice. you probably
1: wouldn't be surprised to know what these Greeks do for New Years is your your grandmother bakes this special cake at the house and she slips a, like a silver dollar in there somewhere. And then everybody, everybody, every
0: love that. Or, or, or or do you have to swindle each other to to try and figure out which piece has the silver dollar?
1: There's a lot of swindles around the holidays, (laughs) the Greek holidays, just like eat. (laughs) so, So you slice the cake up and yeah, whoever gets the piece with the, with the silver dollar in it is the one who has the good luck, you know, um, coming for the year and of course they get to keep you the keep silver the dollar <laughs> yeah there's a there's a game at easter with your hard-boiled eggs where you gotta you go around and you have this game where you all tap each other's eggs and you try like you try not to break yours but you try to break theirs there's a real art to it whoever <laughs> whoever comes out unscathed this gets the i think it's first dibs on the easter lamb something like
0: oh, that oh god Iron <laughs> comes from a cut thro- a cut, a uh, cutthroat uh, so, 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 so society of uh, where where game theory and even its, <laughs> its most basic essence is something that has to be considered starting at like age four.
1: <laughs> Western civilization is built on competition. We like it. We yeah, embrace we it. We love it. We love it. Oh, uh, so let me just little anecdotal. I think I teased it in the last pod. So our our good friend and longtime. Yeah, fantasy colleague, you know, among friends at least in one of our oldest leagues, our, our boy Trent Crinky. So he contacted – I'm looking back at my notes here. I made notes about this. It's just so funny how quickly things change, even in dynasty. I look back at the text on my phone. On November 30th, Crinky is like in a super deep competitive dynasty league with taxi squads, pretty thin waiver wire out there. And he was already picking my brain you know who? Who are some guys I can try to get in low on here, maybe at the end of the season? I'm and I was looking at our conversation, and some of the primary targets were Deshaun Hamilton, Jalen Samuels, Kalen Bellage, John Kelly, and potentially Josh Allen, who is already starting to kind of flash a little bit there. So, just funny number one, how quickly things change. From the end of it's November be hard to get any of those you know, guys, they're right all now. gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those guys are all gone. I mean, they're not even. Well,
0: no, I'm, I'm saying well, even as a target in, a buy low, target in trades. Yeah. none of those no, guys. No, they're are off cons- the board. Well, I, mean, I guess maybe. You could, I mean, you could probably buy low on Jalen Samuels if, if you know right now, because who knows what kind of committee that's going to be next year? You and I feel differently about how that's going to work, but um, you were right. I guess I owe you 20 bucks about those touches uh. for Jalen Samuels. I mean, that definitely was a committee. I just I, – do you, do you think that's going to be a committee again next year? Yeah,
1: man. Dude, Jalen Samuels, they like, they like his role in that offense. He's going to get – if you saw what it was, it was 17 touches for Connor and it was nine touches on ten opportunities for Samuels. So, I mean, that was a two-to-one. So I mean I think a 2010 split is ideal for them and especially who I think
0: after I I think after he saw that that's why Mike Tomlin fired his running backs coach today, <laughs> like the one guy that's been awesome man like the keep you keep all your bad coaches that, like things are cockamamie in Pittsburgh right now,
1: for a blue collar city or a town that prides themselves on being blue collar boy that is the most drama filled blue collar town in America.
0: I get I I'm, I'm, I tell you what man. I I just I, I I don't know it's um it honestly talk from talking from a dynasty perspective all this stuff seems kind of up in the air in Pittsburgh with I mean like we could get Juju vaulting himself into you know we could get Juju vaulting himself up into like a true number one role if they do get rid of Antonio Brown I know we talked about that last week and we were perplexed sort of by the contract um then like the nature of his contract you were saying if it's a post or pre June first that they would be due for all that stuff, but now there's talk like Ed Bouchette from the Pittsburgh Post yeah, is saying
1: that his article was I, cockamamie as hell. I think that I, I don't understand his article. It, 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 it's it, because it's nonsensical. I, essentially, I, I read it probably five times and I read all the comments. Yeah, I, sort of, I comments tried reading it there. over and over. And essentially, yeah. what I the takeaway primarily, and this is always the case. You know, there is going to be a real money savings. You know, that's separate than than the cap savings, right? You know, but but what essentially I think his second prong was that there is also big picture still a cap savings at hand over time by eliminating that contract. I mean, it, but the way it was tweeted out, it felt like he was trying to say, no, it's actually a real savings and a legitimate cap savings in 2019. I just don't think that's the case because he goes back and says three times in his article – is still twenty one million in debt. I mean, the fact is, it's twenty one million. They they can't even if they don't pay his salary this year. They still have to at some point account for all the guarantees that he got at the begin at the origination of the contract that have been prorated over the life of the contract. at some point that all has to be. Accelerated, So I just – it's an odd spot for the Steelers who are now talking about extending Ben two or three years. I mean they're in a window to try to win, right? And so I'm not saying they can't do it without Antonio Brown, but it's an odd time to let – some take on so much water in the salary cap while giving up one of your best players. And, 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 and as many people pointed out – you're still going to have to replace Antonio Brown somehow. Well, it'd be interesting to talk about how we think that could potentially affect Juju too because there's the two schools of right. thought, right? Like the I forget what the what the name of that theory you've been throwing out this year when the other good players the, are off the field, the law of
0: shifting attention.
1: Yeah, versus just the law of sheer volume, right?
0: You know Which no, it's it's, it's uh it's it's fantasy mansion. It's the podfather's law. It's the it's it's the law of the um, what is it? Just the, the law of the concentration of targets or something like that. It makes sense. It's like, there's it's a, like some what, kind
1: of diminishing. There's returns. two
0: things. There's th- but the, the, those, 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 two laws kind of combat each other.
1: Yeah. And so to me, if you're going to, let's just hit it right now. If you're going to be, if you're going to be prudent and, and still fairly realistic, I would keep my expectations for juju exactly the same as he performed this year, even if Antonio Brown is out of the picture.
0: Which is is great. That's a top, what, six or seven uh, dynasty-wide receiver? I'd say, I mean, given his age, Juju is super young.
1: Well, let's talk about it then, as I want to start diving into these names. I want to start hitting these names. So where are we at on James Washington and dynasty, Alex?
0: Well, that's that's another one that's like... That's, i th- 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 you know we talk about the law of the conservation of targets the law of shifting attention all that stuff going to battle with juju in his case <coughs> sorry man this cedar is starting to blow up, blow down here in austin and
1: what people don't um, know is that it literally looks like there's plumes of smoke blowing up off the trees
0: well, do you know do you know what it's actually called an in an, an ejaculation and you know that the trees on your property or the males, they're the ones that blow. But yeah, man, like if, if, if you guys, you know, aren't around cedar trees, go online and just type in like cedar tree blow and just see what we're talking about here on our properties. It's like, it really does, man. That's like, that stuff blows. You know, which ones are the males cause they blow. And then the females are the ones that have the little berries on them. And they're usually right next to each other because the, the, uh, the, pa- the cedar pollen is supposed to do something with those berries and then it falls and New new trees grow. Uh, anyway, I think with, with 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 all that stuff going together, not the cedar trees, but with the uh, with the with the Steelers
1: sucking up I all the damn water on your property too.
0: Well, I'm t- like the back part of my property is going to get eradicated of all cedars come 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 springtime. Um, but the uh, the as far as the Steelers, I think that James Washington stands to gain the most, at least as a. At, le- at least as comparatively to where he was in 2018 we consider 2018 was, was a rookie season for him so we're going to be expecting you know uh, at least second year growth in that way but also he would certainly be promoted to the number two wide receiver in, the, in, in that offense unless they drafted somebody else
1: so is he an offseason buy and is he an offseason buy low or are his owners thinking the same thing
0: his owners aren't thinking it yet maybe there 's a little nab of them thinking that there's something could be going on with a b and that 's going to help James Washington, but would you trade right now your second round pick for him Fuck yeah, and yeah and for yeah, I think I would too for two thousand and nineteen because look, I think in two thousand and nineteen as i 've begun examining these wide receivers more and more and been and i 've begun seeing now with the, some of the underclassmen proclamations that we 've got from the rookies we 're going to be able to talk as as experts on these rookies through the course of. Um, of of you know gathering our data and our intelligence through the off season and you know right now you're, it's one of the cool things about the show is that you kind of get to see our evolution through this process and to who really pops on the radar for us but dude this this wide receiver class I've done good work on like ten or eleven of these guys so far and I could see all of them going like mid second round you know what I mean I think the day t- I think the day two of this draft rounds two and three is going to be a treasure trove of depth at the wide receiver position, and I think it's going to be the same way at the running back position. I don't think there's going to be many of these guys that go right up at the very top, but as far as the depth, there's going to be a whole lot of it, and if you know your shit coming into your rookie league drafts, I think you're, you're going to be able to get some of these really good wide receivers at like in the third round. Like We, we were able to get Deshaun Hamilton in the, in the third round last year. I don't see how he's that much different coming out than, just like Demarcus Lodge from 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 Ole Miss, both these guys are super polished. Both have well, Demarcus Lodge has a couple of things with his with his hands that Deshaun Hamilton didn't have. But both just excellent route runners, super polished, great stemming at the line of scrimmage. Both um, a little bit maybe overlooked by the NFL because they you know didn't get didn't get. Senior bowl invitations right off the bat, but did get shrine game invitations, etc., etc. Like There's going to be – but I think there's a lot more of these, these, these DeMarcus, Lodge, DeMarcus Lodge types in this class where we can get them in round three of our draft. Round four, I'm not sure in 12-team leagues, competitive 12-team leagues, but I think through round three we're going to be able to get these guys who – like literally it's going to be hard to tell the difference between the one that you get at 2.06 and the one that you get at 3.06 or 3.07.
1: I want to get this out here before we move on because I, at this point, this is, I believe this is my number one instructive of the dynasty offseason. Uh, everybody else here, I want to continue talking about our rookies, but a, a non-rookie but a young player. Alex, I think this is a fantastic time to circle back around and execute on a strategy we've devised before, and I feel that it's ripe right now to move in and buy low on Deontay Foreman At this point because you know what Lamar Miller still has another year on his contract in Houston and you know we don't know what's going to happen with that yet this would be a good time to potentially try to exploit that especially with those those folks that maybe aren't married to Deontay Foreman don't you know that they they don't know as much about him as intimately never liked him as much as maybe some of us and then you know Bill O'Brien's been pretty nebulous about everything with Uh, Foreman and I just feel like right now like for a while everybody knew like okay he's an interesting keeper an interesting you know buy low or you know a good dynasty you know rookie speculation a few years ago you know for kind of a long play but you know you wonder if people's patience aren't running out if maybe the situation is just unclear enough to where you can exploit that because my feelings haven't changed man I still love the future of a Deontay Foreman dynasty running back on that Houston Texans offense
0: I do too uh, the, the, I mean I, I only have two concerns and you can guess what they are
1: offensive line and injury yep they've got so to address I mean, the line. how are they line?
0: going to address those two things th- over the course of the offseason I mean he, uh, he, whenever he was in the game I know he did score the touchdown right on the on the one reception but kind of running behind the line of scrimmage, I'm not sure. I don't think he was ready to come back this year. I think he came back a little bit too fast. And look, he didn't get hurt. There weren't any setbacks. So you know, so it's perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, so he's he's no worse for the for the wear. It's just how is he going to be after the offseason of training? I have the feeling that he's going to be fine. And here's the other here's the other thing about Deontay Foreman. You hate to you hate to say it like this or like give in on any part of the guy's skill set, but he was. Always faster than he had any reasonable, you know, reasonable like reason to be. Deontay Foreman, like a man that big, and a guy that can run with that kind of power, it's not. I mean, he doesn't need to run what he ran at four 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 or four four five or whatever it was at, at that pro day. We would have been fine with him running a four five one or a four five two and the dude can catch right? the
1: football man he 's so much yeah. sicker than like a Jordan Howard or something I oh mean oh God yeah yeah,
0: totally man so it 's like even if even if there is a small bit of a, a little bit of that long speed that is, that, is, that has been sapped as long as the change of direction and the, and the twitchiness and the burst is still there, and you feel like it has to be i
1: don 't think it 'll be sapped, man I just you know I usually would be so worried about that injury in the old days, but Man, I, I, it's not just the surgeries; it's the rehab has come so far. And I just feel like, man, these guys when they get hurt that young, I mean, they they when it's when they're real young and it happens, I feel like they come back from it, man.
0: I don't know. I mean, you can't say that about any running backs, but I mean, understood. I, I mean, it makes sense to it makes sense to think that way. It's just that you know, Deontay Foreman. This is this injury is going to be one where the next young running back that has an Achilles. We'll look back and we'll say, uh, you know, we'll look what happened with Deontay. But we do, we literally we don't have a recent his, uh, we don't have a recent historical comp for this. So that, that's the only reason I'm a little bit worried. What would you give up? Would you give up a two?
1: I wonder how hard of a worker Deontay Foreman's been with that. Because I still think of like I know it's not the running back position. It's an interesting point about the lack of comps there. I mean, there was what Cadillac Williams. No, that was a patellar tendon. Uh, it was Mikael Lashore? Steve Steve Smith came back, you know, for the wide receiver position, which it would seems like it would be a difficult return at that well, age it, at that it, position it, as well. He came so back did, pretty and well. Soda
0: crab tree but uh, but I'm what I'm what I'm saying is just like as far as the running back. Come. Yeah,
1: it's a concern. It's a concern, and 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 let me reset that you know hearkening back to the last podcast our number one mandate of the offseason in dynasty is to first poke around and see if you can get in low on darius guys somehow but i i kind of mm. took that off out of the equation for this pod. It's Just gonna be hard. that's gonna be hard gonna be... i think it's a little more realistic that you can get in cheap on somebody like Deontay, and he may have a p- pretty clear path to you know big pretty big activity in the next year to two and so i know that you know it's darius guy sounds like he's embracing some kind of committee running back situation in washington for next year so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out you mind if i start firing hammering through some of yeah, these names we'll,
0: yeah be, yeah but be, before you do that let me ask you a question because i know what you're gonna say but i just well, i want to get it out there just like because at what point do we see, like um with 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 leonard fournette what, are you are you going after him right now? Or are you kind of like? Does it depend yeah. on what you can get him for right now? Like, what do you think? What do you think about Fournette and Dynasty?
1: Always depends on what you can get him for. But like, yeah, I mean, if there's any type of value to be had. There should be a lot of value to be had. And so, under those circumstances, dude, I told you, man, I'm going back to that fucking well every single goddamn time, dude. I, every time. I mean, you have a legit concern about the durability. I just don't, I don't, I feel like I'm risk averse enough that I don't have a big enough sample that I'm totally totally blown off by that, especially since, um, since there's probably a, a pretty significant discount, you know, to be had. And I feel like some of these guys, man, they get that NFL body. It just takes a little while and, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, they, they become, you know, a little bit durable, you know, it's, it's definitely a projection, but you know, here's the other thing that was interesting to me is that, um, inside the Jaguars building, I mean, this was from like, you know, I mean, this was just from some kind of like the, um, Younger training staff and p r staff and stuff that was there man and i don't know if they were blowing smoke or not. It seemed real genuine to me, dude, they told me that Leonard Fournette is like the one guy that's fucking in that building at midnight in his sweatpants on the fucking exercise bike like i you know he came across from what I could understand like he's a pretty hard worker, but I think what we saw this this year is he's got a little bit of a of a woolly um uh, a little bit of a woolly, uh, unpredictable pit bull gene to him at that <laughs> yeah, the yeah. big dog position. There. Here's the fact, man. He's twenty fucking points a game in fantasy when he plays. When he's played. When he played this year, he looked sick as hell. My evaluation on him is still that he's an absolute sick beast and freak he's an apex predator amongst big predators out there i mean when he was playing he's as sick as it pretty much as it got this year uh so it's not a lot of glitz with him but boy he hammers it for five yards before you know it on a regular basis that look they got to fix the fix the quarterback situation in jacksonville i mean if you watch Fournette, see here's the problem i mean you know me obviously probably a little bit of an apologist here but you know People say Leonard Fournette was so bad this year, and I get it. He hurt hurt you in fantasy, but, dude, he wasn't really that. I mean, it wasn't really him that was bad. It was a lot of circumstantial stuff. So, I mean, obviously the injuries were a problem. I think the team mismanaged that, that and clearly brought him back. A week early, I feel like if they don't rush him back at home against the Jets and he sits one more week, he's probably good for the rest of the season. He didn't re injure it this last time when he came back, you know. But you know, that the, one of the things to be excited about with Fournette is the quality of that offensive line. It's a very unheralded but very good group. Linder and uh, uh Cam Robinson, and who, who's the other Norwalk?
0: Not a single one healthy by week seventeen,
1: dude. And and, and dude, it was decimated by. It began the decimation began early in the season, so the, you know it was
0: like McCann or one. Of, I forgot who went first. Dude, AJ Can,
1: like, Brandon Linder, dude. It's a good par, Parnell. It's this a good offensive, one of the better offensive lines in the league. And so if that unit is healthy, you like that for Fournette. And then the other thing, if you watch Fournette closely this year, is that he'd come out and he'd average five yards a carry in the first half or more. A lot of times, he'd have big carries in the first half, but because of the the infantile quarterback play that had an inability to put any pressure on defenses or keep them honest over the course of the game, what would happen is you'd come back in the second half, second half adjustments, the quarterback play was abysmal, and then the the walls would close in on the running game, and you'd kind of see that that efficiency die over the course of the game. So I don't know. If you watched it closely, There's, there's, there's. it's a calculated risk, man. Yeah, so you're going to want a little bit of a discount, obviously, but I'm still in on on Fournette. I'll need to be screwed by Fournette a couple more times before I'm completely hands off. <laughs> but, dude, I think by the time – like the value you can get on him right now – you know, it's not clear what the opportunity cost is. And I'd rather take a big sick beast that doesn't have a whole lot of tread on the tires either. And, and look, there's an off chance he gets traded too. You know, what if, if somebody trades for him, it's because they're going to want to use him. So, but I actually like Jacksonville. I wish they'd get a Teddy Bridgewater or a Joe Flacco and, you know, get on the same page and I, I would like that a lot for next year for Leonard Fournette. Anyways, well, let's,
0: if, if, if 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 it were allowed, if it weren't against the rules, they'd probably draft that. They'd probably draft the the, the Clemson kid, Trevor
1: Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, he's <an> impressive, <laughs> impressive kid yep. for sure. It'd be interesting yep. to watch him for a few years. Okay, so well, let's what well, we're talking about. Let's stick to some of the young running backs. Then, where are we on Rashad Penny, Alex? I mean, our guy Jim Nagy. Jim Nagy
0: says, yeah. I mean, he says that Chris Carson's the guy.
1: And why does which that is matter? Just, which is why does that matter? Because mind. Nagy comes from the Seahawks organization, right, Alex? Oh, he he, he doesn't just come from
0: the Seahawks organization. He were He like, I mean, just listening back to podcast number one ninety, no one twenty, or maybe it was one twenty one. One of these last pods I did, the last guest pod, and we're gonna have those every week again. If you're enjoying them, please give the podcast a five star rating and, and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can tell that I look at those maniacally. But um, no, I mean he's he's he came up I mean he says that it's the best organization in the NFL it's the best one to work for and John Schneider's the best GM and just the way that they do things is just the best and he's worked for I think four different clubs he's he's been to the Super Bowl with six different clubs he's gotten four Lombardi trophies I mean he he's been he's been around the block he worked worked in the league for 26 years and um but yeah Seattle's his spot and so he I mean he I trust what he says about what they think about the personnel there in, in, in that building, and he says no. Chris Carson's the guy. Um, whenever somebody on Twitter they responded to you know us, they said that that interview was awesome with with uh, Nagy. I'd like to ask you a question. Like, what do you think about Rashad Penny? I'm a big fan of his. Do you think that he'll take over the feature role next year, more of a spotlight? And Nagy's like, no. You know, Chris, Chris Carson's the guy. Which made me think like. I mean, I have all the respect in the world for Nagy and the, everything, but it's like, man, if you respect that front office so much and that scouting department so much, how can you not think that eventually Rashad Penny would be the guy after they spent a first-round pick on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, see, that's intuitive to me. I'll tell you what, though, what it reminds me a little bit of. it—two, to- to- Really two different players, but... With that burst that Rashad Penny has, I I think they see it as kind of like a Freeman, Tevin Coleman, or one of these other ones. Man, this kind of thing where I'm not not that Chris Carson is all like at all really like Devontae Freeman, but kind of the more physical. I mean, a hammer a, yeah. and then penny dude penny's got that sick boy you love it's just what we saw on tape right and at this and at the senior boy i mean when he gets that ball and he looks like a fat body out there this year i mean he was heavy in camp and everything yeah but, but that that boy runs that little outside you know zone or whatnot and he gets his foot in the ground and he goes north and south fast and like yeah. you say it gets your lick and your chops i mean i don't know how you're not enticed to get him on the field more often so that brings the question i mean i mean these these coordinators are humans the coaches are humans will they be enticed to bring him on more often Is he is is he is he a sell is he a buy low is he a hold right now in, in dynasty i think it's kind of circumstantial in your league and a, a, a little bit you know hard I, to tell I mean, if you
0: sell you're gonna if you sell you're gonna have to sell low to sell low, and you hate to I do that, that I, even even I if they sense, think
1: Carson's no. the guy. I mean, that's the type of backfield yeah. we've seen over the years that his so, eventually
0: shouldn't. Eventually, shouldn't talent and pedigree and everything just kind of went out. Or eventually, it should. Or
1: due to some kind of durability issues with Carson at some point, Penny may even if he doesn't take the job over for good as a total uh, workhorse lead, there was gonna be stretches where he's gonna be the guy. And you're going to be able to start yeah. him and feel very, very good about and, it. The kind of improving if, offensive get, line in Seattle.
0: What about – Isn't it? Do, do you know off the top of your head about Mike Davis' contract?
1: I think he's out. I think he's out, and they've got McKissick still wrapped up, I believe. And they actually have Bo Scarborough on the roster too.
0: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If we can get Mike Davis out of there, right, if we can get him out of there, yeah, so the, he – Geez, he only made, he, he, he made 800000 this year, and he's, yeah, he's definitely out next year. I don't know if they'll re-sign him, but no Mike Davis, I think that could mean a lot more for Penny because towards the end, we saw Mike Davis being used as sort of the receiving
1: back. Yeah, but they like McKissick too, man, for that role. I mean, f- I know it's hard to believe. I'm just telling you, yeah. man. Yeah. I don't know what the – here's the thing. Mike Davis I, is a good, uh, good little player for them too. He's going to go somewhere and get some – he's going to get a little money and get a little work.
0: I, I just, yeah, only twenty five years old, um, and represented by Eugene Parker. So, you know that he'll be he'll be shopping him around. But I just, uh, my question is like, or no, my my statement is I'm not I'm not over the moon to deal with any of this Seattle Seahawks offense, you know. Any of it So
1: if you've got Penny Maybe if you can package him In a deal that gets you Somebody you really want You're looking if at Somebody it. that
0: might be Over the moon for him Or somebody that might Still value him As like a You know he was taken at pick 1.04 and 1.03 or whatever he was in, in your draft. So I think for that reason, the, the people who own him probably still value him in that way. There's just, just like we talked about with Darius Geis. The only thing with Darius Geis is at least it's like one's the devil that we know and one's the devil that we don't know. You know, Darius Geis is the devil that you don't know, right? Like you haven't seen him go out there and have a have a pretty uh, pretty miserable season. You've seen him get hurt and you've seen what's what has been been of that run game without him and you talk about licking your chops you're licking your chops thinking about the future there with Darius with guys, whereas it's kind of hard to lick your chops and think about the future with Rashad Penny when you know that Chris Carson's going to be there in tow for the, for, for the foreseeable part of it.
1: I mean you get real nervous when a guy like Jim Nagy says that Chris Carson is the guy in Seattle. Yep. If you're a Rashad Penny owner. Yeah. Well, he's a he's guy With you, that
0: said, I'm not selling totally low.
1: And and with that said, if there's somebody who's ready to fire sell them in my dynasty league, all on board Rashad Penny, I'll be happy to put somebody of the caliber of Rashad Penny for a couple of the trash man's wooden nickels on my bench. Absolutely, he could be a league winner at any time. At any time, Rashad Penny can be a league winner. Okay, what about <laughs> my mom says she wants to name her next dog Sony Michelle. <laughs> I love that name. I, mean, I love that name. Do you love him in Dynasty? How do, do his owners love him in Dynasty right now? I think he's a good player, but it, you know, it's also one of these ones that's tied to how, how much longer is Tom Brady going to play?
0: No, I mean, I, I'm a Sony Michelle owner, and you and you have to you're going to have to send me a first. And I mean, I'm going to have to wait to see a little bit more what I think about this, what I think about this running back class in 2019 to know if I'm even going to, if I'm even going to want to take a first or what kind of first I'm going to need. I love Sony Michelle. You know, give that guy a give that guy a full season where he doesn't come into camp all banged up and all hurt, and you know, a situation where there's just all these different. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess James White and Rex Burkhead are going to be there, but Andy do worry about Tom Brady. With with all that being said, man, Sony Michel's is a good player. They use him in the Lagarrett Blunt role. He's he, and he's a Lagarrett Blunt plus. You know, at this point in his career. I, I'd, I'd, I know that you would take offense to me saying this, but I think Sonny Michel is better than LeGarrette Blunt ever was.
1: Oh, God. And and I, first of all, I think those are two entirely different players. No, but, but they're I don't in the take exact any, same role. any offense they're, to that at all.
0: They're used in the exact same role. They're their hammers of the goal That's line, fine. It's are two, two, two different players,
1: backs, two much no, different well, players.
0: Well, but they're, but they're used in the exact same right, role. Fair enough. And that, that's a very valuable role in, in fantasy football, as long as that New England offense is doing what it does. And it just seems like that New England offense, despite everything that we think is possible, continues to kind of do what it, do what it does. And, Did you get your you know, blows
1: we, – were your doors blown off this year as a Sony Michelle owner, or is, does some of this have to do with times, you being
0: – Dude, he, he, he won you some big weeks, but this is the same thing with the Rashad Penny, the same thing with Darius, guys. You spend your pick 1.05 on a guy – and yeah, you're going to be watching him extra closely, and you're going to bring confirmation bias into your, into your view of him because like that's your guy, right? So, uh, but I enjoyed being a Sony Michelle owner this season for everything except for the, uh, everything except for the injuries and the you know the general lack of pass catching. I thought that he would be able to catch the football more, despite the fact he didn't do it much in college, just because we've seen it from him in you know different training sessions and a different kind of. Um, you know drills and stuff like that the guy can catch but we we haven't really got to see it yet i think that he's yeah i mean i think that he's a i think that he's an awesome dynasty rb2 right now and that like an awesome rb2 and and the dynasty that plays for a good team i think is a guy who you're gonna need to get a first round pick for
1: so he's a guy that his owners are happy with and uh
0: not over the moon with, but like, I mean, you look at Rashad Penny, you look at some of these other picks that went around there and you feel real good.
1: Uh, it's just, so to your point, if for some reason somebody was disenchanted with Sony Michelle to any extent in my league, I would certainly be very interested. You know, oh, one of the great well, yeah, debates yeah. last year was kind of figuring out in terms of NFL draft evaluations was among the two Georgia running backs, Nick Chubb versus Sonny Mishal. I'm assuming at this point you feel you, you <laughs> like Nick Chubb quite There's a no bit. no reason to even quite, ask this quite question. A, quite a bit yeah. more in Dynasty, oh, though. God.
0: I mean, I mean, th- I, I would give up 1.01 in 2019 for Nick Chubb. I might give up 1.01 in 2019 yeah. and a second next year just for Nick Chubb.
1: Well, let's get to one more of the big-name rookie running backs from last year before we put a wrap on this one, Alex. With the news of Bruce Arians likely coming into town, is there any interest in Ronald Jones Jones rising (laughs) like the Phoenix in 2019?
0: Do you have interest in
1: Ronald Jones? For the right price, I do.
0: What is the right price? Can't for totally Ronald Jones? scrap
1: our evaluation and in an industry-wide you, evaluation on Ronald Jones. Would from the you? Area. Would
0: you? Would you give up a second-round pick in your 2019 12-team rookie draft? A second-round pick for one Ronald Jones in a Bruce Arians offense?
1: I think I'd have to go for it.